You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to our second segment, the second half hour of this hour, if that makes any sense. Yeah, here we go. It's going to be awesome. I'd like to thank Father Gerard Braun for being on with us the first half hour, talking about the Feast of Corpus Christi and the procession that they're going to have at St. Anthony's Catholic Church here in Fargo. Gave a great history of the Feast of Corpus Christi and processions, and I would really encourage encourage you to encourage your priest maybe to uh to, to do this it's very very important really gives a great sign of the belief in the real presence now um a subject that i've often thought about but haven't really delved into too deeply is extraterrestrials you know extraterrestrial intelligence so someone that really has dug into it in his new book extraterrestrial intelligence and the catholic faith are we alone in the universe with god and the angels is Dr. Paul Thigpen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Great to be here, brother. Hey, so, so good to hear uh, to, uh, Just to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, doctor. Well, that's where I'll start. I'm, uh, I like to say I'm twice a convert. I uh, became an atheist as a teenager, and uh, at the age of 18, had some powerful experiences with God that convinced me that he was real. Uh, became a Christian at that point, but it was many years later, after I'd been a, a Protestant pastor, that I, um, my second conversion was to uh, the fullness of the Catholic faith. And um, that's my, uh, my academic background is in historical theology, so the, the history of, of Christian thought and teaching, the church teaching. And um, I live in Tiger, Georgia. I'm retired now, living up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and just love it. Got a wife and two kids, and uh, six grandkids, and uh, and God is good. Wow, that's great. Talking with Dr. Paul Thigpen about his new book, Extraterrestrial um, Intelligence. So, what was the? You said historical theology, so maybe that's part of it. But what was the? What was the genesis? What was the idea? Why did you uh, decide to study this and write about it? Well, you know, I've, I've been writing all my life. This is actually my, my 59th book, and Ooh. number 60 is uh, coming out in November. And I've written about all kinds of things that you know have to do with the Christian faith. That's, uh, that's my great passion ever since my conversion from atheism. Uh, going all the way back to my childhood, I've had an interest in the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligence. Um, had some some youth ex- youthful experiences that, that made me wonder about it. And so all of my uh, all of my Christian life and adult life, I've, uh, I've thought I really want to not just study it more, but write about it. Some since I've read about other things. Because it is something that so many people are interested, especially uh, younger adults, uh, seem to be. And um, what happened? I, just my publisher at, uh, at Ten Books, Connor Gallagher, and our old friends, and we had talked about this years ago. And he told him I wanted to write about. It. He said, "Write, I'll, I'll publish it." But uh, never could find the time until I retired. But also, um, the, the book is not about UFOs, but obviously there's a connection there. And uh, when recently, we last couple of years, the Pentagon began to release some videos of some amazing things in the skies. And just recently, we had our, our first um, congressional hearing on UFOs in over half a century, and there are going to be some more. People started, again, getting an interest in this topic. What What's out there? Is, is, could it possibly be something besides, uh, besides us? And so that's why I asked the question in the subtitle of the book, Are We Alone with God? And, 
in the universe without the angels, or could he have created other intelligent species as well? Talking with Dr. Paul Figpin about his new book, Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Catholic Faith. You know, what, what immediately comes to mind, and I think probably the mind of a lot of people, as you mentioned, you know, it's not about UFOs, but when you think about extraterrestrial intelligence, two things that immediately come to my mind, Roswell, New Mexico, right? And then, of course, Area 51. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking a lot of people maybe do that. I'm just curious, did you do any, any digging into like Roswell, or did you just kind of stay away from that? Oh, I did a lot of digging. I, I mean, just because it's it's kind of impossible to write about this topic seriously right, <laughs> without yeah. at least having that background. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, and especially part of what I'm doing in the book is to show that even though in our culture until maybe recently and still for a lot of folks, it seems like a, a frivolous topic or a silly topic, and people are mocked or dismissed, and you know the media certainly in the academic world for even considering it. Yeah. And I knew that going into it. Um, that actually when, when you do what an historical theologian does is you look at the history of thought about this within the Christian church, uh, the Christian community, what you find out is that we're the anomaly. Our culture is the anomaly. This question has been taken very seriously by most of the best minds of Western society for 2,000 years and 500 years before the Christian era among the Greeks and Romans. And so uh, we're the ones that have to kind of explain why would we consider a frivolous thing. And... Um, and so anyway, it's kind of a natural thing for, for, for me to look at that. And part of what I had to look at the history is why would our culture, starting about the 1940s, begin to take this attitude toward it? And it actually is tied into some of the stuff that went on Roswell and other places, where the the uh, Pentagon, we were in the middle of the Cold War, the Pentagon was had various reasons for thinking that if people gave attention to this or took it seriously, it might somehow be a threat to national security. And so we now have Freedom of Information Act documents, uh, clear evidence that it, it was on the part of the Pentagon that it was basically a uh, program of strategy, a protocol to get the media to dismiss it, to get people to think it's stupid. Um, and we need to come out of that because it's not. It's, it's very, you know, very serious, interesting topic. So true. We're talking with Dr. Paul Figpin about his new book, Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Catholic Faith. Um, you know, I, I think it's amazing how, uh, you're, as you're talking, absolutely, I think of I think of the ancient Mayans, Aztecs, you know, the Stonehenge. I mean, all these, all these civilizations, you're right, they had this belief, you know, right, in extraterrestrial something, right? And uh, let's talk about our Christian and Catholic faith in particular. How does Scripture and the teachings of the Catholic Church, how do, how do they fit into all this, Dr.? I think, you know, the, I mean, of course, that's what the book is all about, so I mm-hmm. can only give a short answer sure. here, an overview. But I think, uh, you know, what I would say is uh, my conclusion, and I'm not alone in this by any means, is that um, the, the Church itself gives no definitive answer to the question, does extraterrestrial intelligence exist? Uh, but it's, it certainly leaves the question open that, it, yes, it could be, and it's for sure in tradition if you especially if you look at how the passages that might be relevant are uh, applied in this situation. That, but yes, it is possible. Um, that, so they shine light on certain things, like the fact that if there are things out there, they would be created by God, and God would love them if He loves us. But to rule it out altogether, some folks do. I, I think it's pretty clear from Church and Scripture you know, that you can't do that. Yeah, so true. So true, Doctor. You know, a couple things I'm thinking about, too, as, as some Catholics think, well, gosh, you know, I mean, God created us with a pinnacle of creation. 
you know, d- does does this contradict? Does it does it get in the way of our Catholic faith if there are extraterrestrials, or or do we just say, hey, you know, God created the universe. Who's to say He couldn't have created other intelligent beings as well? Talk to us about the people and the people that might be a little concerned about is this compatible with our church's teaching or not? Yeah, I mean, I find there's you know, several versions of that, that it would somehow uh, diminish, if, if extraterrestrial intelligence existed, it would somehow diminish our relationship with God, and we just wouldn't be so special anymore, or that it's not mentioned in Scripture, and therefore it can't be, or that um, it's uh, it's all demonic, and, and I think there are certainly certain, some things associated with the UFO phenomena that, that probably are demonic, and there are you know, reasons for that, but... But you can't just. But, not, but some folks would just say anything that has to do with it is demonic. In all those cases, I'd say, gosh, I just invite you to read the book. You know, uh, uh, in regard to scripture, there are a whole lot of things that aren't mentioned in scripture that we know exist, and so it's uh, it's, it's scripture primarily things that you know pertain to our salvation. Uh, it doesn't take away, would not take away from our special relationship with God. Any parent knows that. Um, as St. Augustine once said that he loves each of us as if there were only one of us. You can have ten kids, but it doesn't mean that you love any one of them less. So it doesn't really wouldn't replace our special relationship. What it would do is raise questions that we would have to answer if we met them, you know, if we encountered them, if they actually came here, um, about their relationship to uh, to redemption, to the incarnation of our planet, that God has had a different plan for them, that our planet is just for the race of Adam, the descendants of Adam, Jesus is the new Adam. Uh, could there be races that aren't fallen, as we are? Uh, all, you know, just all kinds of questions. Are there races maybe that were just made for a material life, or a life in this this, uh, this world and not made for supernatural happiness? I don't think that anything, you know, in, in Scripture or the magisterial teaching rules out some of these possibilities. I think that's so true, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this, Doctor, but in my mind, I'm thinking, regardless of what God chose to do throughout the rest of the universe, He, for us, creating us, as you said, the race of Adam, creating human persons, He has given a very special plan to us. We know that plan. We know that He has come to save us. We know that plan, and we know that we are His children. And like you said, I love your little analogy, Augustine. So if you have ten children, you love them all the same. So if He has other quote-unquote children... That doesn't, I mean, doesn't affect me negatively. God has given us his plan for us for here, for now, and we know that. And again, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but in my heart and in my mind, I take, I guess, solace, consolation, good hope, and that regardless of what else he's done, this is what he's done for me and for the race of Adam. That's right. And, you know, there's been uh, ethics of the church who said, I mean, Thomas Paine, Asian reason back at the time of the American Revolution, who wrote extensively on this, and he believed in ETI and said, and therefore it disproves the, the Christian faith. And and I think part of you know part of what this book does is say, no, it doesn't disprove the faith at all. And uh, and, yeah, and people have been Christians have been talking about this possibility for as I said for you know a thousand years. And then others who would say, oh yes, uh, ETI exists, and it also just disproves the Christian faith because there are space brothers and they're coming to give us a. You know, a new religion that's the true religion. And that's been going on at least since Wittenberg, uh, you know, a couple of centuries ago. So part of it, too, is just to help Catholics understand. Uh, the disclosure of this, the discovery of this, would, would not threaten our faith. It would give us questions to ask about these, what God has, in fact, done uh, with other species like that. It doesn't threaten our faith, and 
just gives us more, will give us more cause to, to think God is great, God is omnipotent, God is all creative, and God can do all kinds of things that would surprise us. There's nothing, he can't do anything contrary to his nature, but he can do these kinds of things. Exactly, and, and I think that's so true what you just said there, Doctor. You know, he doesn't, God can do what he wants, right? I mean, and and, and in my mind, saying that there can't be ETI is limiting God, and, you know, and, and God can do whatever he wants. And, and like I said, you know, he loves us. We're just uh, getting started with Dr. Paul Thigpen. When we come back after the break, we'll continue this discussion. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time. And since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the second part of our interview with Dr. Paul Thigpen. He's written a very interesting book called Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Catholic Faith. Are we alone in the universe with God and the angels? You can get it from Tan Books, by the way, Tan Publishers. So, Doctor, I'm lo- loving this topic. As, as a boy, I was, I wouldn't say obsessed with extraterrestrials and UFOs, but I was interested. And as you mentioned, there's a heightened awareness and interest in these type of things in our day and age, isn't there? That's because, I mean, at one level, you still have a lot of media and others kind of people with the whole idea of, you know, dismissing it. But uh, we have some things that, you know, cannot long be ignored or go on 
uh, with the media, especially the New York Times, uh, revealing um, some video that was uh, filing, you know, admitted, and got admitted it was real, showing things that seem to defy uh, any kind of, of physical laws that we know them. Um, and uh, other kinds of things that, that people coming out, you can call them with whistleblowers, but none of them have broken any of their uh, non disclosure agreements. But I work for the government and say there's, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> about. So that we actually had a congressional hearing you know, a couple of weeks ago for the first time in over half a century now. I think it was kind of a bust. Uh, unfortunately, the people who were brought in the witnesses either were incompetent or were not being fully honest. Um, because you do have. They claim that they didn't know about things that have gone on for years where nuclear facility, you know, show up there and, uh, and actually will turn off <laughs> nuclear uh, missiles. But as they said, in one case in Russia, they turn them on, uh, wants to, to know. Uh, so things like that, but you just know it's so important to national security. There's no way they wouldn't have known about that. But they said they didn't. Um, so all I'm saying is that they're almost convinced there will be more congressional hearings there. Um, and Congress has recently passed legislation calling for transparency by the Pentagon, establishing the agency that would begin to look more seriously at all this. And I think it's going to happen. And it does. People who look at that, I want to make sure that they don't look at that and say, oh, this somehow on their minds and just goes my face. Exactly. You know, Doctor, you, you just touched on it briefly, and I'd like to circle back to it, the, the spiritual and moral status of extraterrestrial intelligence, you know, and, and maybe the relationship they might have with Jesus. I know some of it's speculation, but just, just tell us a little more about your thoughts on that, in that area. Yeah, we, I think the one thing that our faith says for sure is that if they exist, they were created by God, mm-hmm. and that He loves them. You know, mm-hmm. He loves everything that He's made. Uh, beyond that, just seem to me, and, and have been Christian thinkers for centuries, all kinds of other possibilities that we can't know about for sure unless we actually encounter something. They come here or we go there. And, um, but thinking about those possibilities really helps you to, in many ways, to understand the faith better, you know. So, but when I say spiritual and moral status, what I mean is, uh, my spiritual status, are they made in the image of God? And, you know, as we are, even if they would be somewhat different. And, Certain ways, uh, are they uh, are they made to have eternal life and be, as we would say, ordered to be to the vision, so that their their destiny, if they fulfill it, as God intended, to be for them to be in heaven and be with them forever. Um, is it possible that there could be some who uh, were not that He didn't create it that way? That there would be creatures who um, seem to have maybe some kind of limited rational. Uh, mind and and, uh, and and free will, but that they're more like what Neanderthals seem to be, you know, which to me seem to be a possible you know, case of creatures uh, on the earth that resemble us in certain ways, or we're not, and not being given an immortal spirit the way we have that lives forever and is intended to be with God in heaven. So you got those kinds of possibilities, um, or even, and, and then you get into the moral possibilities, which is are they fallen like we are? Are they not fallen? Uh, if they are fallen, did they fall kind of individually the way the angels did? Or they fall in solidarity the way we just do out of the deep? So that once the first parent fell, everybody's fallen. Um, if they are, you know, if they aren't fallen, uh, what would be the relationship then of Christ's uh, redemption here to them? If they are fallen, would his redemption here kind of spill over to other uh, 
for the species out there. Oh my God, have a, a different way of redemption for them. And uh, that's one thing for me is that when you look at folks like Penny Carson, St. Thomas Aquinas, and others, um, though kind of in their, from their point of view, influenced Augustine's case by Plato and, and um, Thomas's case by Aristotle, the kind of philosophy and science made them think that it was only one universe and kind of everything was happening on Earth. Nevertheless, when you look at their teaching and you realize that some of the questions they, they address really do have implications for this issue. So, for instance, um, you know, the question, could, could the Son of God become incarnate in another species, in another planet? And St. Thomas, though he wasn't, didn't have any guys in mind, he said, you know, all things are possible for God. He could be incarnate more than once. Now, he's talking about on Earth. But he makes the point that the Son of God could take on more than one nature. It's possible for him to do that. That has application for what we're talking about. Um, you know, for instance, so um, those are possibilities. And, and nowhere in the book I say this is the way it is. But simply, these seem to me to be possibilities that are allowed for by the best minds of the Church and by Scripture and, and other things. Um, and even have a tradition within the Church that says um, that if even if we had never fallen on Earth, that God would have still become incarnate. In Christ, just out of love, to be in solidarity with us. If that's the case, and those are you know, some of our greatest theologians, if that's the case, then maybe that can happen as well, uh, you know, another planet. So you begin getting all these, and, and then the whole thing about redemption, you know, in the end. Um, eschatology, that's one of those, I have a chapter on that, so the end, end times for everybody. Um, what if what if God had chosen, had chosen with one of the fallen races, but they are not, they, they have no, no chance of redemption now. That's another possibility. People say, well, that's contrary to God's nature. Well, actually, that's the way it is with, with the fallen angels now. So we can't say it's contrary to God's nature. As uh, C.S. Lewis, a great Christian writer, he did a lot of thinking about this. And some others, too. Uh, the priest and others, uh, theologians. But, uh, you know, said, uh, yeah, it's a possibility. It's a hard <laughs> writing thing to think about. We can encounter a race that is basically like, in, like devils, but they they actually have bodies. Um, so all kinds of possibilities, and, and it needs to help us expand our thinking about the greatness of God and what, his, what he can do. So true. Talking with uh, Dr. Paul Thigpen about his new book, Extraterrestrials, The Catholic Faith Are We Alone in the Universe? You know, a couple things come to mind. It, I mean, I love how you're talking here because, you're, for instance, one thing that hit me. Angels in in because people always ask, well, does it you know contradict our Catholic faith? Saint Thomas saying, well, he could take on other nature as well. You know, he's God. I love your thinking about like the angels, right? Because because immediately when you said that, if there's no chance for redemption, you know, then God's not. But it's like, oh, wait a minute, yeah, that's that's a great example because the angels they had everything they needed, right, to make that decision, and you know, obviously their intellect is way above ours, and so once they made that decision, it it was irrevocable and. And if we can say this way, unredeemable, right? And so I, I, I like how you're expanding my thinking of, again, I've, I've got human beings on mind, right? Okay, cool. And, and again, we're glad with God's given us that. But there is, so, you know, the angels, I think, are a great example of, you know, extraterrestrial, if you will, something that is a person, right? But is not, you know, doesn't have a body, right? You know, so I, I like how you're expanding our way of thinking and how, you know, just letting God be God. You know, again, just raises this issue. Like, like the thing with uh, with incarnation or, or with God having another plan, it's, 
There, there is a possibility that what God has done on this planet through Christ mm-hmm. uh, has a spillover effect, you know, to other planets that need redemption. And I certainly think that's possible. On the other hand, when you look at some of the ancient heresies, uh, Apollinarian heresy in particular, it, it you know, what, what the Church proclaimed, declared, was that uh, contrary to what Apollinarius taught, uh, that when uh, when the Son of God became a man, upon human nature, that he took on an entire human nature, because, and this is the, the kind of way of putting it, whatever was not assumed, whatever was not taken on in our nature was not healed, was not redeemed. Mm-hmm. So when Apollinaris said, oh, he was only kind of partly human, the Word of God replaces you in mind, the Church said, nope, he had to take it all to heal it. If that's the case, then you, know, you have to think about, all right, would his become taking on our nature, then would it work the same way for someone with a very different nature? Um, what would it mean, you know, to an alien to hear about the Sacred Heart if they don't even have a heart, you know, as we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For example. Um, so, but again, even St. Thomas, you know, others said, oh, God, God could have had, could have chosen another way to redeem us. He had you know, the human, as it was, this is how he chose to do it. And once he chose it, it was necessary. But he's God, he could have done it in other ways. And so, I think he could do it in other ways for, for extraterrestrials, too. That's so good. Uh, doctor, if people want to, where can they learn more about the book and maybe get the book if they're interested? Yeah, it's uh, published by Tan Books, so I'll go online to tanbooks.com, and uh, you can pre-order there, see a little bit more about it. Uh, you get the same information there you get on the desk track. It should be out uh, probably first week in July, is uh, what we're expecting. And, um, oh man, I just love to hear from folks about what they think. Absolutely. Doc, you've got about a minute left. Any, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, uh, the main thing you know, I want, want Catholics to know from this is, as I've said before, uh, if we should find out more from the government or other places, I mean, there are now scientists, uh, <clears throat> Avi Loeb, Dr. Avi Loeb at Harvard is putting together a group called the Galileo Project where they're looking on their own without depending on the government to find information, uh, find evidence of extraterrestrial you know, craft and maybe even visitation. Um, if it should in the next few years be, I'm kind of a guess there, we have nothing to fear. He's yeah. a great God. He loves us. He loves us. And, and that, I'll just say, you know, okay, bye. That are those are great words. He made us all. He loves us all. Absolutely, Doctor Paul Thigpen. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we'll be speaking with a deacon right after this.